You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Double tackle, defensive end. If he's over, if he's not, he drives down the first man who is inside. Pull back and get him. Takes the first man outside the offense. No one shows. Go right by him and field inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, that's inside. If the YN has the linebacker in. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. I'm joined alongside tonight, Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. We got Tim live in Green Bay, and uh, we're going to cover quite a bit. I know this, the chat is already lit up. We already know what one of the topics is going to be today. As uh, Eric Sutherland kind of broke the news to everyone in the chat, he said, Watson and Dobbs both not practicing because of hamstrings. That's unfortunate to the point. I may start drinking heavily now. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sure you guys have already heard the news. We're going to cover all of that for sure about the uh, about the injury, the, the very first injury report that dropped today. I just want to give a shout out to everybody in the chat. Like I said, Eric in here, Zane in here, uh, Roger Davis. Boy, I'll tell you what, the PTA posse is out in full force tonight. I see all those uh, – those special emojis there, man. Good stuff. We got John in the house. We got Roger. We got uh, Mike Sandoval, John Schmidt. Appreciate you guys uh, dropping by for sure. All right, let's do this uh, <laughs> elevated shine already. <laughs> don't drop the soap. Don't drop the soap. Don't drop the soap. All right, hey, 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 hey. That's just the way we talk in the clink. <laughs> All right. You're not going to do it tonight, Sean. What's that, Jacob? No, it's just everybody that works at my work. That's all that we do constantly is nothing but pr- prison mic references and office quotes throughout the whole day. So you would be the bell of the ball. I was just gonna say you, my friend, <laughs> you would be the bell of the ball. That's awesome. That's Absolutely so- awesome. All right, let's start off with some other news that's outside of the Packers world, but it does have a direct impact uh, on the Packers. And and we're going to have the phones open tonight, too. We may have a few people call in. We'll see how that goes. But Mr. Nick Bosa signed a new contract today. We've seen this one come. We talked about it last night on the pod, that they were very close to a contract, right? And Ian Rappaport reports, you can hear I'm getting emotional over this. Ian Rappaport reports Nick Bosa gets $122.5 million in overall guarantees, and the team will waive all fines. Imagine that. Imagine that. Um, so, And he obviously quote tweeted that off of his original tweet that said, the 49ers and all pro edge Nick Bosa have agreed to terms on a massive new contract extension with a 
with the reigning defensive player of the year becoming the highest paid pass pass rusher in the NFL. Bosa's holdout is over as he gets a five-year, $170 million deal. Now, you guys do the quick math there. What's that come up to, gang? $34 million per year, right? Now, you guys remember what we talked about on the show last night. I said the rumor was Nick Bosa was looking to match Aaron Donald's contract, right? Look at Aaron Donald. What's that cap hit right there, gentlemen? What's that say? That's $34 million, Clayton. That's $34.1 million. So he got what he was looking for. And, again, um, how does this come into play with Rashawn Gary? We kind of talked about it last night. All of the numbers that we figured up to come to $26 million for Rashawn Gary, um, it took into effect or took into consideration, Jacob, that his contract, you know, or his uh, – what am I trying to say here? His production will be – compared to your Bosa's, your TJ Watts, your, you know, your other players across the league. And I know some people like we were talking with, uh, with Mike, the super fan um, on, uh, on Twitter, and he'll probably call in here in a little bit. He was kind of bringing this up and saying, look, look at the sacks though. Rashawn Gary hasn't had near as many sacks as Bosa. And he kind of did it just based off of sacks. And he believes that that Rashawn Gary should get 18 million per year. Right. But in my opinion, I'm not saying I'm right and he's wrong, but in my opinion, there's more to playing edge than just sacks. You know, you're talking about pressure rates. You're talking about the amount of snaps. You play all those different things. Um, I don't know, man. How do you feel about that, Jacob? That number that he came up with, this is off cuff already, but the number that Mike came up with saying that Rashawn Gary, he thinks a fair price would be $18 million per. Do you agree with that? I think that's a little – I don't want to say disrespectful, but I like you talked about, there's different things other than sack categories. We can talk about that which uh, I'll be talking about that in the hot takes coming up, what uh, sack photos and that kind of stuff. But specifically with Gary, I mean, did, did, does he take into account the injury situation? Because that would be, to me, a more legitimate buffer on his salary. You know what I'm saying? Because he's coming mm-hmm. fresh off a very new injury. I'd like to think that he's good to go. He's definitely not going to play the 65% to start the first week one. I think that's pretty much a given. But um i i don't know man i think that he's worth more than that the guy can set the edge as a run defender he's a very very good like you know a lot of times people think that in a in a three four that that guy's more of just a pass rusher and then he has no real like unstopping ability and then he can't set the edge and it, it but you look at both <laughs> our edges between preston and gary those guys are not just you know they're not just pin your ears back and rush like pass rusher type guys. They are very much uh, well-rounded football players, especially Preston being a very large man. <clears throat> so I'm, I don't know. To me, I think that I think he's going to get north of that. I think that Green Bay respects him more than that and respects that uh, what he's done for the organization, what he's went through, the sacrifices he's made, what he's sat through, the way he works, his his, his work ethic, the way that I think that he he seems to me like at least a two-contract, if not three-contract guy at Green Bay all around. Yeah, <clears throat> they absolutely love him. There's no doubt about that. Goody is raved over his work ethic and and how he won't be denied on this rehab. Um, obviously, LaFleur loves him. I think he's a team leader, um, I, you know, in every sense of the word. Now, if we – listen, here's, here's the deal, guys. If Rashawn Gary wants to sign for $18 million, I'm not sitting here saying they shouldn't do that. Like, heck. Do it, please, you know, if he's all about that. That would be absolutely awesome. But I want you guys to rewind three years ago and what happened with Devontae Adams, okay? 
with what happened with Devontae Adams, the whole last dance thing, it was it had nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers, and the media completely misinterpreted that, right? They thought it was all about Aaron Rodgers. The whole last dance social media post was about Tay because they lowballed him. And basically, when they lowballed him and he came back to the table, they and this is his words, not mine. Okay, this isn't Jacobs, this isn't Tim's. Devontae Adams's words said they basically came back to him and said, Well, we need to see it one more year. And on a podcast in an interview, Devontae Adams said, Hey, after everything I've done so far, and you need to see it for another year, no, I'm done negotiating. And that's why he put the last post up. And then, of course, Green Bay comes back, and they were willing to pay him more than the Raiders paid him. But by that time, it wasn't about that. He took less money to go to the Raiders than what the Packers were offering because they disrespected him, right? And uh, John Schmidt in the chat says, $18 million feels low for Gary. Zane kind of agrees, disrespect on Gary. Eric Sutherland says $20 million tops. If you can get him for $20 million, I think that's a great deal for the Packers. I, as long as you crack the $20 million mark, I think disrespect is kind of thrown out the window, in my opinion. When you get two, three, four million underneath of that that twenty million mark per on average, and, and keep in mind, the the average per can get thrown out the window if you provide more guarantees too. There's there's a lot of ways that you can you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? So, like when you look at it from that perspective, I think twenty million is is I don't think it's disrespectful, but if you come in at twenty million, I think he's going to come back at twenty six, maybe you meet at twenty three, right? And, and it's all about where the negotiations start to get to the ending point for sure. Um, here we got David in the chat says, uh, can't make another Bakhtiari mistake. And that's a very good point, too. We're looking at Bach next year, $40 million cap hit, right? And, you know, at, at the time he was at the top of his craft, all that. And uh, and now we're kind of, it looks like we're going to have to eat $20 million. It's kind of worst case scenario next year, right? Um, so we'll come back to the uh, Christian Watson talk here in a second, fellas. Uh, let's see here. Um, Eric Sutherland, pay him my yearly salary as a salary as a roofer. Seems fair. <laughs> I love it. Roger Davis says, uh, pay the man. Um, let's see here. All right, cool. Uh, Gary defensive player of the year. Boy, that would be awesome. Zane. That would be absolutely awesome. Tim, what's your take on it, man? We kind of skipped over you there. I apologize. I just wanted to get to those comments. Um, how you feel about Nick Bosa's contract and, and how it may, uh, play into effect. Cause to me, it doesn't seem like anything changes, right? This is kind of on par with what we were expecting. Yeah, I mean, and we talked about this last night, and it's like, you know, I had kind of said I, I figured if we were north of 22, that might that might get it done for Rashawn, um, and kind of with what you were saying, you know, maybe we we look at 20, you know, 20 million is not disrespectful, and then maybe he comes back with that that fair market value offer, you know, 26 was the was at the PFF market value on him, so there's a slow track, yeah. Yes, yeah, right. or track. So, so maybe that's the, uh, maybe that's the counter, or he says something like twenty-five and a half or twenty-five, and then you're right, we meet around twenty-two, twenty-three million. Um, I don't know if the Bosa thing is really gonna, you know, I mean, it does set kind of a precedence, but I mean, I don't know how much that's gonna affect the, uh, the deal with Rashawn, other than maybe it gets done sooner than later. I don't know, right. um, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think 18s. I think anything under 20 is probably, probably a little low for uh, Rashawn. Yeah, we got to be north yeah. of 20 million per year for him. Not bad for a guy that everybody, you know, complained about when we drafted him. 
if you look at you know <laughs> funny how that works right yeah funny how that works and and now we're talking about how much to give this guy an, in an extension so you know uh, Rashawn's okay. put in the work the proof is the proof is in the tape definitely what's that Jake? What they said about him they said that he didn't care about football and that he wasn't a pass rusher so that's pretty dope <laughs> and now he cares more than just about everybody else on the field and he's one of the top pass rushers in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Help me do this math real quick, Jacob or Tim, if you can. $122.5 million guaranteed, right, um, of a total $170 million contract. The guaranteed money, roughly how much of a percentage of that $170 million is that? I want to do something real quick if we can. Just give me a rough guesstimate. Because, I mean, obviously 50% would be on a $240 million deal. Like- Based off of that, it's going to be higher. What would that be like? So? Like 70%? 70% guaranteed? That's what Somewhere around there? Yeah. yeah. Roughly. I'm trying to think of, okay, with Rashawn Gary, if the number is $26 million per, right, and you do a five-year deal, factoring everything in, we could give a little more guaranteed money percentage-wise of the contract to Rashawn Gary to be able to keep the total contract down, therefore saving some cap, right? And that's, of course, if he is completely healthy. That's another thing we're not taking into consideration. But Will uh, in the chat said, what should we pay him? What's correct? Again, market value, man. If you want if you want the guy and you don't want to disrespect him, you've got to be willing to pay market value. If you're not willing to pay market value and you come in and lowball somebody, you're risking ticking them off. It's just the way it is, right? Um, so – According to Spotrack, and, and I agree with the numbers, I don't have that information. I've already deleted that that screenshot we had, but according to that information, it factors in like the five comparables, right? The five comps at that position. And they came up with twenty six and a half million. Now I don't think Gary would be like pounding the table for that money. If there's anyone that would take a little less, I think it's him. But if you come in at sixteen, seventeen, eighteen million, he's liable to go screw you guys, you know? Enjoy putting the franchise tag on me next year. You know what I'm saying? Like that's probably yeah, how he'll approach it. And how many years also is something we should be talking about. You know, Rashawn may be looking for a legitimate commitment, um, not not a three-year, not a, you know, not a two-year or a three-year. We're thinking five-plus, right? Like, is that what they're going to offer? Probably at least four or five years, right? And and then from the Packers' perspective, you know, with it being so early in the year and we haven't, we we don't know. Is like Jacob said, is he gonna play, you know, seventy-five percent? Is he gonna play fifty percent of the time? You know, how how are we peppering him in? We, that's gonna, you know, play into the the contract as well, I would think, right? At least for the term. Yeah. Simon in the chat says seventy one point seven percent is that exact percentage there. I appreciate you doing the math there, Simon. Um so yeah, seventy-one percent of the contract guaranteed. Let's say we do a let's say we do a four-year deal, right? I'm gonna do the math real quick here. Keep talking for a second, Jacob. We're gonna go four times twenty-six, right? That's hundred and four. So you're looking at you know seventy million. What if you said, hey, you know what, Gary? How about we meet in the middle? How about we make it a uh, instead of a hundred and four million dollar deal? How about we make it a ninety million dollar deal, and we give you eighty million guaranteed, right? Something along those lines. Um, there's, you know, there's ways to kind of finagle it when it comes, uh, you know, in that regard. So, all right, cool. Um, here's another one too. Uh, John Schmidt in the chat says Chubb talking about Bradley Chubb, five years, 22 million per. That seems close. Completely agree. Now you got to take into consideration the, the inflation aspect, right? 
that deal was done, uh, I believe, either last year or the year before. So it is going to increase a little bit with time and uh, and all that good stuff. So, all right, cool. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Let's do this. Let's move on to the next thing. And, and a lot of people were hitting on it earlier, and it's kind of some bad news. I don't think it's as bad as some people were letting on. I swear, when I was hearing people on the uh, you know on their podcast today and live radio there in Green Bay talk about it, uh, the injury report, I was thinking, damn, Christian Watson's out for the year. That sucks. Like <laughs> that's the way they were making it sound, right? And then when I when I heard what they were actually the details of it, it was he was out of practice today with a hamstring injury. So here's the updated. Injury report, okay, obviously released here on Wednesday. David Bakhtiari had the veteran rest, did not participate. Romeo Dobbs did not participate because of the hamstring. We kind of seen that one coming. Uh, Rashawn Gary, limited participation. Anthony Johnson Jr., full participation. That's good news. I'd like to see him on special teams there Sunday. Christian Watson, hamstring, did not participate. Dontavian Wicks, hamstring, limited participation. So Christian Watson is the big news, right? Nobody's seen this coming. And I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but Jacob, Tim, you guys didn't see that coming, right? No. Okay. But, so, but, but it's also not that surprising. I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, Scoot is a fast, fast yeah. twitch dude. You know, uses the legs a lot. I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, so, it doesn't surprise me. That's that's all I'll say. You know, immediately, <laughs> I love this. Brandy gets it. Brandy is plugged in. I'm telling you, Brandy said the injury report is fluid. LOL. Matt Lafleur kept saying that to the reporters. They kept asking, "Well, what about this? What about it? it's fluid? It's real, you know, it's." Flu- <laughs> and of course, it drives them crazy, as if they go in there with false expectations that Matt Lafleur is just going to spill the beans on everything. Oh, by the way, here's our ten openers too. These are the players we're going to run around like, hey, like, come on, people, use your head. I love it, Brandy. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, now, the game plan. How's it going to change the game plan, Jacob? Right? So let's assume the worst, okay? Let's pl- kind of play devil's advocate for a second. Let's assume Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson are both out for the game, okay? If that's the case, who are your top receivers? All right? You've got Jaden Reed, Samori Torre, Malik Heath, and Dontavian Wicks, if Dontavian Wicks is healthy, right? Those are your four. You're probably going to have to elevate one from the practice squad as well. So from a game planning standpoint, depending on how how serious it is, and only LaFleur really knows that, you might want to lean on 12 personnel, right? Now, you guys know my game plan when we kind of talked about this, and I'm going to go back and watch the tape again from Chicago game last year and, and kind of formulate a, a, uh, a more defined game plan. But I'm saying, hey, look, let's run left, boot right, run left, boot right. Let's run heavy. Let's pound the freaking ball at Chicago. Get those backers pulling up and be able to run a little play action, a little divide. So from that perspective, you go 12 personnel. Who would you rather have on the field, Jacob? This is the question. Would you rather have um, Malik Heath or Dontavian Wicks, right, one of those two receivers? Let's say it's Malik Heath. Would you rather have Malik Heath on the field or Josiah DeGuara? Because that's the difference between 11 personnel and 12 personnel if those two receivers miss. I mean, obviously, I'm a Malik Heath fan. I think that that guy deserves to see some starting. Like, I, It's weird. We've talked about this in the offseason, how we should be freaking out. We should be pulling the, the fire alarms. We should be, you know, hairs on fire, freaking out. I'm just, like, weirdly calm. Like you talked about one, I'm weirdly calm. Um, with the hamstring injury, I'm more worried about Dobbs just because it's been longer. But with with uh, Watson, I think I saw a comment somewhere that they saw him on a bike. To me, it's more of a precautionary. We still have guys. It, it's it's Wednesday night. We got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday morning. 
that's a long time. I know hamstrings can be mm-hmm. iffy. Don't get me wrong. I'm a little bit. Um, I'm not. I don't feel good about it. I don't feel great about it. But I do have some optimism that both of them could still play. And worst case scenario, if they both can't, I do not. I'm not worried. I think Malik Heath is not afraid of the moment. I think that he's just going to keep building confidence. I think that he is an X receiver, a possession receiver, a guy that can block in the running game as well. And I think that, um, that like you talked about, Torre and guys like Jaden Reed, I don't think Jaden Reed's too young for the moment. I think that it's going to be pretty good for him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's really what it comes down to. Malik Heath, I think he's ready, dude. And I know it was just preseason, but that guy, he he looks like he's just ready and, and obviously elevated shine in the chat. Malik Heath Eaton. Yeah. Um, so if you if you do go, you know, if you stick to the normal game plan, this is why it's important. By the time you get to really tomorrow, when you get into tomorrow's practice, if it's looking like, okay, there's a legitimate shot, both those receivers are missing, then you've got to mold that game plan into 12, Tim. You've got to lean on 12 personnel. But here's the good thing. A lot of people don't realize this. When they talk about the illusion of complexity, right, but simplicity in the play itself, right, You, all of these things that stem from Bill Walsh and his West Coast offense, I've read three books on Bill Walsh now. So this isn't me trying to be smart. This is all stuff I'm stealing from people who have wrote books and Bill Walsh's book that he worked hand in hand with an author on right before he got sick and passed away. It, he said, we're, we're running the same concepts. We're just doing it out of multiple formations. We're attacking the same space. You know, football is all about attacking space and defending space. That's all it is. And, and really when you come with, with these West coast, you know, passing concepts, you're trying to move defenders out of space while moving other players into that space to create a passing window. Right. So, you know, you can run the same exact passing concepts out of 12 personnel. Oh, by the way, Luke Musgrave might as well be a wide receiver. Right. So that's why I'm kind of leaning on 12 simply because Tim, what do we got to worry about it? It's, it's mental mistakes, right? Like those are the big things you're, you're looking with a young team. It's going to be mental mistakes that hurt this team. So, when you talk about possibly putting Malik Heath out there or Josiah DeGuara more often, I'm leaning on DeGuara. How many times did we see DeGuara make mental mistakes last year? Did How many penalties did we see him commit? I don't remember seeing a whole lot of penalties from Josiah DeGuara. I don't remember, you know, Rodgers having to tell him line up in a different spot, you know, uh, a multitude of times. Now, is he limited physically? I think so. I don't think he is a great football player. But when you're talking about mental mistakes, leaning on the run, I, th- I think I would rather see more 12. But how do you see it there, Tim? 12 or 11, do you trust these young receivers in that backup role if Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are, are uh, out for the game? Uh, I think I think we we do. We try to do both. But I would lean I would lean on 12 and try and run the ball. And I'm with you. DeGuara is, you know, he, he is who he is. But uh, mistake-free football is kind of his, his forte. Um, and as far as the receivers, guys like – you know, we talk about the depth in the receiver room and it's great, but you know, you bring up a great point, Clayton, like these guys are young and, and unproven. And I mean, this is going to be their first, a lot of these guys, their first NFL game, real game. Um, and it's on the road, divisional matchup rivalry game. This is, this is big. So we cannot understate as we hypothetically, scratch Dobbs and Watson out of this lineup that is a gigantic freaking hole in our offense and 
how do we make up for that? Yeah, it'd be great if if Malik Heath steps up, and I believe he will. Absolutely, I'm with you guys. I believe if Tay Wicks is good to go, he could shock people. I still believe in Samari Toure. You talk about maybe mistake-free. There's a guy who was here last year. You know, maybe he could slip into that number two role um, or, or possibly the one. I don't, I don't even know. But, I mean, and then we're talking about practice squad guys. We're talking about bringing up Bo Melton and, you know, like – we can't understate what kind of hole that would leave in our offense. And clearly the response that would be correct would be to, yeah, let's, let's try and run. Uh, let's try some play action boot. Let's see if we can get our, our running backs and our tight ends in, involved. Um, and just like, you know, get yards and stay in that positive situations to get out of there with a win, because that's, that's the only stat that matters after the game's over guys. So like I, I'm a big proprietor of the uh, I don't give a damn what the spread is or what the score is. Get the dub. So whatever it takes, man. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of mixed in the chat, which is really cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, Elevated Sean says, give me Wicks and Heath on the outside with Reed in the slot. I just want to see them play. Got a little bit selfish there, Elevated, but I understand completely. Um, you know, the other thing, too, is what Brandy mentioned up here. And then we got a we got a caller on the line. Brandy said, Aaron Jones, wide receiver number one. Think about this. How many times last year, guys, did we see them come out in a pony package? Right. Yep. Which is basically, uh, you know, shotgun set. You had Dylan on, in one side car. You had Aaron Jones in the other pre-snap motion. Aaron Jones 
motions out and he becomes a wide receiver, right? So you can still set it up to run your traditional 11 doubles on, right? And and have 11 personnel, but it's it's technically coming out of 21 personnel simply because you've got Aaron Jones as that receiver. Slide him out to the slot. That's another way that you can kind of get around this. And again, we're probably overreacting to the injuries, but it's these are the type of things. What I want this show to be, guys, I don't want it to just be us on here BSing and not talking about things that matter or things that have substance. Like, I wanted everything about this show to be what is the team thinking right now contractually game planning all those things when it comes draft time what are they what holes are they looking to fill how are they looking at their scouting department all those things that's what I wanted this show to be so right now you could bet your I about said a bad word you could bet your rear end that the coaching staff is talking about this very thing right now right now right if these guys aren't available what is the plan but all right let's go to the phones real quick we have Mike on the line. Mike, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, guys. How are you guys tonight? Oh, we're doing great, man. It's good to hear from you, buddy. Yeah. Good to hear from you. Yeah, I just uh, I just wanted to chime in quick on this situation with Christian Watson and his hamstring. I mean, I'm just going to give it give the, you guys, you know, just what a, from a Packer fan's perspective on this. <laughs> with, <laughs> with this news today, and I, I'd like to do kind of share a story. So, this is a story of me in my garage. Okay, I've I've, been, I've had a, a I got a, about a 15 year old Ferrari that I just turned in for a brand new, four year new um, Lamborghini. Okay, and I'm I've been polishing on this thing for months, and I've been cleaning it up, and I've got a I've got a date set when I'm going to actually take it down on the street and use it, and the day is coming Sunday to take that thing out for a ride. Oh. And four days before Sunday, I walk into my garage and the thing's got two flat tires. Oh, no. <laughs> it's got a hammy. It's got that's, a hammy. That's how that it was a gut punch today when I heard that injury report come out. <laughs> I just got to tell you, I mean, we've been waiting for all off season to see what this offense looks like with Jordan Love at the helm. Yeah. And to have this happen um, is just is, is really deflating, I got to tell you. Yeah, I see what he did there. I see what he did there. Yeah, it is. It's tough, man. But you know, that's football, right, Mike? Like this is that's why we love it too. It's there's a bunch of fantasy owners right now going, crap, what do we do now? (laughs) Right. It's already getting shuffled. Um, but that's the beautiful thing about the game, and that's why I get into the X's and O's and the personnel. Um, it's just it's such a such a chess match, you know, such a chess match. But um what do you what do you want to talk about, but LaFleur will have a great plan. I, I have no doubt they'll have a great game plan. Um, like uh, Tim was saying, I mean, they're going to have to lean a little bit more on the run game probably this week, which is probably not a bad thing against the Bears. And, you know, again, I, I, I go back to the young receivers. They have a lot of really good quality receivers. And, I mean, Malik Heath, we're going to get to see a lot of him, I think. Jaden yep. Reed's going to have to be ready because he's going to get a lot of balls. Um, and we'll see how they do. Definitely. I, I want to ask you about this, Mike. We had a little conversation on Twitter about Rashawn Gary. I don't know if you heard the open here, but we kind of talked about it on here. Um, you were, you know, kind of tallying up some stats, some sacks and stuff. And in the chat, I mean, it, it, people are all over the place. There's some that would, would agree with you and your take on, on about the roundabout, you know, of the contract that you think Rashawn Gary, um, you know, I, I don't know if deserves is the right word. But, uh, you know, what you're looking at in your eyes as a Packers fan of what you think is fair market value. And there's some that kind of lean towards 
the SPO track number and some even more than that, the 26 million. Just talk about that for a second. How do you how do you see that? First of all, you predicted a lot last year. I, I have a good memory. All right. And Dakota does too. Dakota mentioned it on Twitter. So many times last year, you would tweet at me and Ryan, and I'd be damned if it didn't come true. I was like, Mike is on it. What do you think the contract will be? Um, I, I kind of got a feel for okay, here's how you you think you would like to see it play out. What do you think the contract will end up being per year? Well, I think I think you're probably pretty close uh, in that 26, probably 26, 27 uh, number. I mean, that 18 number was just me doing some quick math in regards to sacks, trying to compare him right. against what Bosa actually did. And, you know, keep in mind that Bosa was out for almost an entire year there as well. So, Very good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, realistically, he's, he's probably in that mid-25s. Unfortunately, I think that's a lot. But, unfortunately, that's the market. That's the way it is. And, um, you know, I, would I like to see Rashawn Gary finish a little more often? Absolutely. But, yeah. you know, his, his hurry numbers are through the roof. Uh, it'd be interesting to know what both his hurry numbers are and to kind of compare that way um, to try to get some comparison. Um, right. But I just, you know, Rashawn is is so good in so, so many other ways. He brings so many other things to the table. There's nobody that works harder than that guy. That's obvious. Uh, he's a great kid. And I just, I'm just glad he's part of the Packer organization and I hope he will be for many years to come. Yeah, he's one of those guys. I mean, we talk about all the time. You you want him in your locker room. I mean, he he doesn't miss anything. He doesn't miss a beat. I, what sticks out to me last year, I don't know if you remember this or not, Jacob, but um, in training camp last year, the second team defense was on the field, and they said he ran into the huddle from the sideline and just started screaming. He wasn't even in on the play and was just like – just raising that level, right? He's, he's this is the standard. This is what we represent. Whether it's first team, second team, third team, scout team doesn't matter, right? Um, Rashawn Gary's the backbone. I think of that defense. He's an unsung hero, and they love him. So I mean, they're going to give him the money, guys. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah. Regardless of what us fans think. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You got anything else for us, Bob? Uh no. Um, I'm just I'm just like everybody else. I'm just can't wait for Sunday. I mean, this is ridiculous. Uh, it's the longest <laughs> week of my life at this point. Let's hope, let's hope we uh, get those two tires plugged, right? And come out Absolutely. ready to roll. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, one thing I would say is maybe they need to get Flea a, a, a tire pump so he can get in there and get those hamstrings <laughs> pumped up. Mike, Mike, can I ask a question? Sure. Did you ever, uh, did you get any of those sauces or spices uh, tried uh, out yet? I have not yet, but I, I am a big Big wing guy. I love wings. I could eat wings five, six days a week. So some of that rub, I might might have to try that. And I'm and I'm from so up in that area, so I I've got connections up in the Hudson, Chippewa Falls, Northern Wisconsin area. Mike's from everywhere, dude. He's from everywhere. <laughs> like the mafia, he's everywhere but nowhere. <laughs> exactly correct. I got I got people in all those towns. Okay. <laughs> Well, Mike, buddy, we appreciate you calling in, buddy. It's always good to hear from you, man. Yeah, thank you, guys. All right, take care. All right, that was uh, that was super fan Mike there. And, and I, I think it'd be a good time to kind of mention uh, this episode was brought to you by Old Southern Barbecue. Guys, they've got everything. I'm not going to do the read. I'm just going to talk about uh, what Old Southern Barbecue is. Basically, uh, you know, you what you've got is a smokehouse that they've become so popular, it sounds like to me, Jacob, 
that, you know, obviously you got five locations. Let me get this comment off here every time. Um, five locations in Ross Lake, Hudson, Arden Hills, Minneapolis, and Shakopee. But their sauces are so popular. Their rubs are so popular. You know, they get a website, oldsouthernbarbecue.com, where you can actually go on there and buy those and have them shipped all over the country, even into Canada, from what I understand. Um, so make sure you check them out. They've got like four different main sauces. Is that right, Jacob? Yeah, four main sauces, four main spices. They're all ridiculously good. They've actually won a lot of awards. We can get into like some uh, more specifics of the company at a later date, but you guys would recognize where the foundation of the company's from. It's kind of a cool story, but if you like any sort of like barbecue whatsoever, just go to oldsouthernbarbecue.com. If you're within the Wisconsin, Minnesota border area, you can actually go to the locations. If you're in the Hudson area, you can come see me and check us out. Otherwise, you can buy hats. We have a bunch of really funny shirts and that kind of stuff. And uh, if you use PackerNet15 promo code from any point going on in the next basically three months throughout the season, you get 15% off your online order. So try that out. Check it out. It's really, really good stuff. Like, it's actually award-winning in multiple, like, high-stakes barbecue competitions. So it's good stuff. Good stuff. And also, you know, if you're if you're local there close to Hudson or any of these locations – and you, you know, you're throwing on a Packers party or whatever, you know, you got a game day party, uh, get with them early and they can do catering for you, which is a really cool aspect as well. Yep. So again, Old Southern Barbecue, uh, you can find them at oldsouthernbarbecue.com. We definitely appreciate them sponsoring the show for sure. All right, we're getting backed up on the lines here. Let's get to it. We got Andy still stuck in Kansas. Andy, what's going on, buddy? I've been pretty busy. Haven't been able to join you for a while. I've been catching up on on the show football season out by us has uh, already opened up on well four different fronts to be honest um <laughs> even the packers haven't started yet but we got oldest son is in the marching band at k-state so he's doing that thing there senior has Gosh. had one game under his belt and our youngest is uh started his tackle football sixth grade league and and um fantasy getting the fantasy team going on there so i didn't mean to go uh forefrontal on your on your program this evening good thing the camera's off but uh we're doing pretty good otherwise <laughs> god almighty. tim i would have got out of control quick my man Lord i would have turned the camera off for you <laughs> i gotta hit i gotta hit you with one of these right now man, he not only rambled but he rumbled and stumbled <laughs> <laughs> all right andy what do you it's want to talk about bub it's been good. Uh, you know, we, we can, of course, uh, make fun of the Bears because, you know, they're not very good, obviously, as many people know. I mean, we can um, we could talk about the fans and how they're, they must be taking something, right, Some something going on. We could call them the, the gummy bears if we want to really be specific about, you know, how they're probably on drugs, thinking that their team is going to win this thing. I just don't think that they are. Um, the preseason is such an inward look that, I mean, there, there's a bunch of stuff that we didn't see that we're going to see. And that helps with the anticipation, I think, of the upcoming game on Sunday. We hardly saw Aaron Jones. We haven't seen Rashawn Gary. I mean, these, these massive, massive, we didn't really see Christian Watson all that much, to be honest. These massive pieces, um, you know, working Jordan Love through an entire game, um, that's just going to be a fascinating thing, but we can't underestimate the fact that, or we, we shouldn't ignore the fact that the bears do have some strengths. If we don't, you know, play the run very well, or we get, we get sucked into whatever their uh, play action game plan is going to be. Justin Fields has thrown 
long touchdown passes against us in the past. Now, most of those are once the game is beyond, you know, their reach or anything like that. But we still have to respect the what the opponent can do because they can do some things. So just a lot of questions to be to be answered. Looking forward to it a lot. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I like what you guys have been talking about, uh, especially yesterday. You know, it's just just you specifically, Clayton, talking about how the linebackers that they got, those don't seem like massive power moves for a team. But when you get guys who are more talented than before, you have to at least respect it. Yeah, I think they took a step in the right direction. I, you know, now again, Andy, you you go on to Twitter and and my God, you would think that they signed five Pro Bowlers and they're going to win the NFC this year, right? I mean, it's just Bears fans in general, some Packer fans too. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's all about just taking those those incremental steps in the right direction. And and again, if I hadn't done the studying in the off season last year on Eberflus's defense, I wouldn't have thought as highly on those linebacker signings, but linebacker is absolutely huge in that defense as opposed to a defense like ours where it's not as important, right? And it's one of the reasons why you get someone like Joe Barry, who was a linebacker's coach, who can kind of, you know, steer the direction away from that that core a little bit and and lean on those other positions. People like Jair Alexander and Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary, obviously, when he's healthy. So um, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, Chicago's had a heritage of good linebackers, much like we've had a heritage of of good quarterbacks. You know, if you just think about through that, you know, as much as people say, how can how can we expect Green Bay's quarterback uh, you know game to continue to to be as good as it has the last thirty years? Well, you've we've all talked about mathematically how you know you can't link one to the other, but you really think that in the past thirty years, Green Bay hasn't learned what good quarterback play is and wouldn't be able to continue it. Like in that, in that type of reasoning, you'd almost expect the next quarterback to be good because obviously we've learned how to do it continuously. Other teams have this, you know, there's, there's a bunch of other teams along the way that um, they get good at a certain position seems almost generationally. Well, yeah, that, that comes because teams focus on things like that and make good selections in the draft and, and dedicate, you know, different resources to it. Like it's not surprising that we've had good offensive lines and good quarterbacks. Those go hand in hand. So it goes a little deeper than just flip of the coin. Is he going to be good or not? Uh, Right. Yeah. Very well said. Very well said. You got anything else for us, buddy? Two quick bears uh, stories. If you, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, Both of them are from, from 2009. We lived in Delaware at the time, Northern Delaware. So we're in like Eagles territory and it was really hard to find a game on TV at the time. And I don't know where direct TV was, was at as far as it's, it's, you know, as the product, it was beyond my budget. So it didn't matter at the time. Anyway, I wasn't going to buy it. So we were with um, my son, who's now a, a senior. I was at my friend Jim's house. He was from Manitowoc. So we got together, watch games. And I took Josiah. He was maybe three at the time. And I don't think you'd ever shown him a football game before. So it was the first Packers bears game of that year. And I had asked him, so Josiah, do you think the bears are going to win? And he looked at me with this horrible look on his face and he just goes, no, Oh no. And I thought, all right, raising this kid up. Right. I said, well, who, who, who do you want to win then? He said, the people. And I, I didn't realize it, but he thought that the Packers were actually 
going to play football against actual bears. So like, that's why he was horrified <laughs> when I, when I asked him, he thought the bears are going to win. Like I, I had to explain that one. That was kind of, I didn't want to put that message in his mind. I thought that was funny. Uh, and then later on that season, I got fed up with never seeing the games live. The Philadelphia area didn't show anything but the Eagles. Really. I feel that down here. My goodness. Yeah. So I, I tried to go out and find a place. And I tried a couple of places that advertise themselves as these sports bars. They didn't show anything but the Eagles games. I'm like, I could do that at home. So on my way home, all dejected, I thought, I know of this Irish pub that I heard a few guys go to. They thought it was pretty neat, whatever. It's on my way home. I'll just stop and just try it one last time. I walked into the place. It was kind of loud. And you could see the bar and a few TVs. And the hostess's little dugout area in the front hid most of the other part of this bar restaurant. So I figured this was going to be a dead end, but I might as well ask I'm here. So I went up to the, to the gal there and I said, you guys, by some chance, you guys, are you guys showing the Packers bears game? And I was, I knew I was really, I probably sounded like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh all just, you know, this isn't going to work. And I don't think she heard me. I think all she heard was Packers. And so she looked at me and she goes, oh, you're with the Packers group? Yeah, they're in the back room. Now, this is really? six This is six and a half years of living in this place with, like, as I said, my buddy Jim was a Packers fan, but, like, thinking I'm in the wilderness. And it was one of those, like, you're in a dream when somebody says something amazing that you can't believe. Yeah, so she says, yeah oh, you're with the Packers group. They're in the back room. And I looked at their like, what are you talking about? Because I couldn't see the rest of the restaurant. She's like, let me show you. So we walk behind this dugout area and it has this like party room. You know, a lot of restaurants have, you can you have the accordion doors, you can close it off. And I look across the whole restaurant and sure enough, there's this like banquet room in the back and there's like two dozen Packers fans in there and they're the ones who are making all the noise. And so I'm like, I'm walking through in this dreamlike state to this back. This place, this place was like two, two miles from my house. They've been, been there the whole time. And I walk in and they start cheering more. Why? Because a new guy showed up with Packers stuff on. They were just happy for another guy to go in. So I walked in there and this whole big group. And uh, that was the last season that we lived in Delaware. So I got to enjoy like half of the season with this, with this group. But it's like, grown-ups with their kids and it was it was totally surreal i mean it was like like being back up north yeah and it dude it it helps when you're at a distance and you come across packer fans like that it it helps it helps a lot for sure just to find like-minded people in in different areas that's good stuff man that's not that's not even my most remote packer story which i don't have time to tell tonight but i i hope to tell it i don't tell it very often i don't tell it very often but it's it's a good one. We might find another time to do that. So, good yeah, stuff, Packers man. Bears, let's do it. All right, appreciate you, Andy. Thanks for calling in, man. That's Thanks, Andy guys. Bye. See yep. you, bud. All right, let's go to Miss Carly Ray. Carly, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? No, oh, we're doing great. We're just hanging in there. I I was hoping you would call in tonight and uh, talk a little bit about your all's fantasy league there and uh you know i'd I'd like to get an update on everything but uh first of all what would you like to talk about here well i would like to talk about missed tackles and our defense all right 
I'm, so I'm already was, I'm already not liking this. I'm just gonna be honest with you. <laughs> uh, well, I was I wanted to look at some stats and kind of see if what I observed about last year's season was consistent with reality. Because you know you just kind of you watch a game and you sometimes you think you know what happened or how we were trending. But I, as best as I could find some of the numbers, I just like to read off a couple stats here. Um, in 2021, the defense missed. Um, 4.5 tackles per game and in 2022 the defense missed 7.3 tackles per game which was an increase of about 60 percent and the article I read these I think took it from pro football focus um, which I just need to get a subscription to but I'm just can't convince my husband of that yet <laughs> right. um, so the defense increased their missed tackles by 60 percent from 2021 to 2022 special teams however in 2022 had a 50% fewer missed tackles than the year before. So special teams did a lot better. Defense did not do better. In 2021, the defense allowed 2.3 explosive run plays per game. So run plays over 15 yards, I guess, is what they consider that um, for rushing plays. And then in 2022, they allowed 4.1 explosive runs per game. Um, that was as of December 2nd last season. And so I was just looking at those numbers and thinking, why? Why are they getting worse? Why are they getting worse with this tackling? And wondered what your guys' thoughts were. I don't know, Tim. Tim, what do you think, man? You've been sitting over there like a good trooper for the last hour and a half and haven't said a word. <laughs> well, I can tell you uh, from my experience at camp this summer, there was certainly an emphasis on tackling. Um, a lot of drills, a lot of technique, a lot of stop start over do it again you did it wrong do it again until you get it right so i don't think this is something that is not known in that uh in that locker room but um i i see exactly what you're talking about because um that has been kind of the achilles heel is we've seen this defense get to these spots and getting and get to where they need to be and then they're just not wrapping up and i i don't know if it was just a lack of effort or or what, uh, or if it's a combination of effort and technique, but that is, that's been something for the past few years that this defense, you know, needs to work on. And hopefully we see an improvement this season. Yeah. And it's mm -hmm. crazy too, Jacob, because like with the CBA, you know, they're so limited on what they can do. Like it's like the first week of camp practice or whatever. They're not even allowed to put pads on. Right. And they have to ease into it. And there's, there's such limitations on being able to practice tackling, but what's your take on it, Jacob? Dude, I, I can't remember the exact stat there, but again, if you reference that Pat Kerwin's take your eye off the ball, that stat was referenced like, I don't know, a couple of years back, at least if that's even um, the revised version. And he said that you get a total of actually, what was it? Something crazy, like 18 live practices. It might've even been 13 actually live full tackle practices. Two Anything, days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just unreal to me. It's just unbelievable to think that you can actually gauge. So I don't really blame, especially defensive coaches, for not being able to judge their talent and not being able to put their guys through the ringer. I will say one thing. I don't remember if I talked about it yesterday or the day before. Uh, Kenny Clark was doing an interview, and he said that this was the most challenging, what do you want to call it, minicamp preseason that he's ever went through. And they asked why, and they're like, because – we're doing more hitting, we're doing more calisthenics, we're doing more uh, uh, 
drills. We're doing more conditioning. We're doing more. It's getting action. tougher, just getting tougher overall. Yeah. Well, and if you think about it, it makes sense because like for years and years and years, we were so for literally 30 years, we were just under the guise of two guys leadership under the guise of two guys. It's a different word. Google it. It's there are two different words. Uh, it, it just means that like, basically we, we have a whole different leadership, a whole different team. We are the youngest team in the NFL, I believe like period. So right now we, we have the bodies, we have the mentality, we have the work ethic to actually make these guys kind of run around like a college team. I think that might be one of the reasons why I'm a little bit more optimistic or, uh, optimistic about this team is because they still almost have that college we can beat anyone we don't care who like why where we're ranked where people think we're ranked how good they they think we are how much respect they give us because i just think they're a bunch of really high talented quick fast people that don't necessarily maybe don't know the playbook that's the only thing i'm worried about is that malik heath torrey maybe not torrey but um like you talked about Clayton, I would assume we had we would have to bring down uh, somebody like a Debose or a Bo yeah. Melton, somebody onto the squad. But other than that, man, I I feel I, I feel good about it. It's just I'm not, I'm not too worried about it, man. So yeah. I got an idea. I got an idea for fixing this. I know Clayton, you're an entrepreneur guy, and so I think I know they don't actually tackle in practice, you know, due to fear injuries. But there must be some big Packer fans who are willing to take one for the team and let the Packers tackle him for a hundred dollars a pop. Oh, I think dude. you should organize it. God Almighty! Hey, did you guys ever see the video of AJ Hawk tackling the fan out at Lake Tahoe during that that oh golf? Did you see it, Tim? I think I remember that. Yeah. Oh, and, and literally a fan in the crowd behind the rope. You know the golf tournament out there. He's like. Begging AJ, tackle me, tackle me, tackle me. And finally, he's just like, all right, come on out here. And he can't. AJ absolutely plastered this guy. I mean, he didn't hold anything back. Oh, he crushed him. You could see his soul leave his body. So with that being <laughs> said, Carly Ray, I promise you the fans would line up and let that happen. It wouldn't be me. It wouldn't be me. I'm too old for that now. I've got, <laughs> I got way too much on the line at the moment. And uh, I need to be able to walk <laughs> to get <laughs> I'll tell you, man, it's so easy to sit here and watch a game on our couch and 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 yell and scream. I can't believe – you know, you guys have heard me talk about the last Bears game, right, how there was like three missed tackles on Justin Fields on that one play, and I'm defending Joe Barry going, hey, the guys aren't tackling the way they should. I could not imagine having a, having a tackle – Justin Fields, you know, who's not considered a huge guy, you know. Um, yeah, it's just way, way above my pay grade. There's no doubt about that. Um, what else you got for us, Carly? I want to ask you this. How did you feel about the draft? You you drafted, unfortunately, you drafted Travis Kelsey, right? Am I thinking right? Yeah, I did. That's, I thought that's a tough week one. Crap, yeah. Yeah, and there's nothing you can do about that. That was obviously an awesome pick. And then of course, week one, it's just kind of the luck of the draw, right? But how do you feel about your draft? Um what it was it was crazy so this is my first one really i done a different another one to kind of prep for it which was not i guess idp and wasn't super flex and so 
when Jacob was going on about, oh, this is Superflex's IDP, like, I didn't really know what that meant. I mean, I knew it, but I didn't know why it was weird. So then when we got into it and then we were drifting, I was like, holy crap, all the different ways this can go. So it was it was really fun to do. Um, my brother, actually, he joined the league. He ended up getting to draft fourth, and I was draft, and I drafted seventh. He sniped five of my picks oh, straight in no. front of me through the course of the draft. Yeah, and he's my first head-to-head -head this oh, Sunday. No. Like, it's him and we me head-to-head. And, I, and now Kelsey's out and I'm like, crap, I'm already. So I'm just, I'm, my goal is to not come last. Yeah. Hey, I think you got it. I know this. I've got, I've got to know how this ends. Jacob, you got to keep me informed because I want her to smoke some of the guys. Because you've got some high school buddies too, right, Jacob? Uh, Yeah, actually it's, so here's the deal. I will admit. So Carly, I thought when she first joined, I was like, oh. First, first time a, a girl's ever joined the league. This will be interesting. Like, and then she messaged me. She's like, "What the kind of what's 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 the deal with all these different things?" And I was, I was like, "Wait a minute! Like, have you ever uh, been in a fantasy league?" She's like, "Nah, but I really wanted to try one." And I was like, "You realize you just joined probably the most stupid, intricate, dumb, over the top <laughs> fantasy league ever." And she's like, "All right, do you have any links I can study?" And I was like, okay. And I gave her a couple. And to be completely honest, I'm very impressed. Every time I hear you talk, I'm like, wow, this is somebody that I almost feel like has been at least paying attention to football for a long time. But you, you seem like you've done your research. I will bet you that she will beat at least one of me, Tony, Justin, or Bad Luck Paul, or yes, my brothers in the league and my uh, one, of, one of my buddies from high school league as well. So... I'm, I'm I'll probably, guarantee you I'm probably she's only going to bet. I didn't like I'm my draft. Probably, I, had a... I was going to say, I think the only guy that I'm going to beat is the guy that did the entire draft on auto draft and got like two defenses with what is fifth and seventh picks or something crazy like that. That was bad luck, Paul. It was an, it was his uh, anniversary, so we gave him a pass. Okay, you get the pass. So I better beat him, otherwise, yeah, that's not going to be great. Hey, like I said, you got to keep us informed because I, I want you to smoke those guys for sure. They're all going to hate me because I'm telling you, if you finish above how, – how many people are in the league again, Jacob? Fourteen. Fourteen. We got to get you at least in the top half. And I'm telling you, if you win the whole damn thing, I'm going to be insufferable. I'm just telling you right now. So <laughs> that's just the way it's going to work. You got anything else for us before we let you go, Carly? Well, I've been reading that book, um, the Take Your Eye Off the Ball, and one of the things, yeah, it's been great. But one of the things they talk about is just in the game how little time there there really is to make adjustments in halftime when you go back there and you they really have only like three or four um, minutes. And then I was looking back at kind of Joe Barry's resume and stuff and how his teams did really great when he was linebackers coach, but when we he was the defensive coordinator, they just didn't seem to make the changes that they needed to remain competitive in games where things just weren't going their way. And so I'm hoping that now that Joe Barry's up in the box and he's seeing things from a higher viewpoint, that will hopefully help. And I guess, yeah, that's just something I really want to see in this game in Chicago. Like I don't even, I want to them to either have to come back from behind or if they have a great lead in the beginning, not to lose it because the other team makes adjustments and we don't properly anticipate them. That would just that and less missed tackles would just make me absolutely thrilled. I'll tell you this: the game last year, that last game against Chicago in Chicago, they scored 14 points that should not have happened. 
they were blown coverages. Well, there were blown coverages and missed tackles. If you if you took those 14, I understand if ifs were fists, we'd all be drunk. I got it. But I'm telling you, if if Ja if Ja does not blow his coverage, right? That's seven points off the board. If one of those three people, one of those three defenders, tackles Justin Fields on the on the zone read right, that's another seven points off the board. They had Chicago's number last year. And and Matt LaFleur, it was like a coaching clinic. You guys remember the Christian Watson end around. All and, and, and you know, Aaron was in his bag as well. I I wouldn't be surprised if it's a blow. Now, can Chicago win? They could win. They definitely could win. But what you said about Joe Barry being up in the box, Tim, how do you feel about that? If you're the defensive coordinator, wouldn't you rather be in the box? That's where I would rather be. Uh, yeah, I agree. And uh, that's why I was so excited to hear that he was going to take that approach this year. Um, and to Carly's point, yeah, like when you're like a linebackers coach, position coach, you, you probably do want to be on that sideline arm in arm with your guys you know, looking at the looking at the tablets and the video feeds on the sidelines, staying in their ears, staying in communication. But if you're the coordinator and, you know, especially running these quarters concepts, man, right, Clayton? I mean, talk about perspective. Like you want to see the space that your guys are covering. So I, I wholeheartedly agree with this approach. And I think Carly's right. I think we'll see uh, a difference uh, this year starting on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. Good stuff, Carly. We appreciate you calling in. It's always good to hear from you, and, and I'm glad you're enjoying that book. Um, I'm telling you, it 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 was it was the moment that everything changed for me as a football fan. And again, I got that book when I was broke too. Like we were going through some tough times. I got it back in 2000. I think it was 2010. I believe it was, and we had hit some real hard times. Had a had a, a company that that I worked for at the time went belly up. My wife lost her job. I won't talk about the specifics of the income number that we lost, but it was like, holy cow. And that summer, one of the things I, I decided to keep was Sirius XM or Sirius NFL radio that, you know, subscription I had to it. And that was back when they had a little face plate that went in the boom box. Right. So that was back in the day. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just going to lean on this and work my tail off. And, and it was really everything that happened in that economy is what provoked me to go, you know what? This is never going to happen again. I'll be damned if I'm going to make excuses. I'm going to go start something for myself, and then I'm going to start something else, and I'm going to start something else. And and ever since then, you know, everything is, has been awesome. But that book, purchase that book at a, at a Books a Million down here in a place called Johnson City, Tennessee. And I wish you could see that book. There's stains all through it, coffee stains and everything. I mean, I took that thing out. I took it on the job site with me when I was pouring concrete and doing steel construction, everything. It's a, it's a great book. That's why I always recommend it to other people, but it's got some sentimental value to me too, because like I said, it was a, it was a tough time. It got me through some tough times for sure. But anyway, awesome. we appreciate you calling in. It's always good to hear from you and don't be a stranger. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Have a good night guys. Thank All right, see you. That was Carly Ray. She's going to dominate in that fantasy league, Jake. I'm speaking it into uh, existence. Gonna beat me. She's going to beat us all, probably. She's very well educated. <laughs> when I when I first met her, I was like, oh, man, this chick is going to be like, uh, it was so funny. I talked about it all the time. She she was like messaging. She's so sweet. She's a very, she's a sweetheart. And she was like, guys, what do you think about the, like the IDP average draft ranking, blah, blah, blah. And nobody was responding to her, like just asking all these questions. And I sent her a message. <laughs> And I was like, Carly, I was like, you know that we're playing for money. Like, these guys aren't going to be giving you tips and advice. And she's like, hey, 
got it. And then she started sending memes and like, just like <laughs> S talking, you know, BS talking. And I was like, you got it. You got it. So I love it. It's good stuff. Hey, so I, I can't get the video, but I've got the screenshots of AJ Hawk tackling that guy. So I'm going to share the screen here real quick. This is freaking hilarious. Hopefully you guys can see it. Okay. Let me go ahead and get this up. Um, so you'll see right here, this image in the center right here was the guy shaking his hand and asking him to do it. So he lined up and then there is the aftermath. Look at this. <laughs> Why do I From, get like Bob Barker, happy Gilmore? Yes. <laughs> Just looks like it. The price is wrong, Bob. <laughs> Something else, but you know, you get the point. <laughs> anyway, love it, dude. That's, that's AJ Hawks, one of my favorite players, dude. I remember this was before Twitter and all that, and we were on message boards. Were you guys, Tim? Were you ever on message boards back in the day, like Packers <laughs> Packers news message boards? No, not not too much. No, but I did I did have a MySpace at one time. I don't know if that counts. <laughs> You were hanging out with Tom, Jacob. Did you? Uh, did you ever have? A, were you ever on message boards? No. So basically, the Green Bay Press Gazette they had PackersNews.com, probably still do, and they had forums, and it was like Twitter. Like you would go on there, and there would be topics, and and everybody's just you know it's like chat rooms. And I could not tell you how many times I defended AJ Hawk. To this day, people were like, "Oh, he was a bust." Okay, he's a bust. AJ Hawk's a bust. He's the all-time tackling you know leader. In Green Bay history. Oh, well, that's just stats. Okay, gotcha. He won a national championship. All right. He won a state championship in Ohio, first of all, in high school. He won a national championship at Ohio State. And then he turned around and wins a Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers. Oh, by the way, he was the green daughter and, yeah. you know, pretty much a team captain. Dude was phenomenal. I could not tell you how many times he shut down Adrian Peterson. Like, Watching him live in Lambeau and going, thank God number 50's out there. And him playing hurt so much. The dude was just an Iron Man. Absolutely love AJ Hawk. So anyway, um, hot takes. Let's do it. You ready? Let's do rapid fire hot takes. Y'all good with that? I I'm not gonna have time for hot takes. My hot takes could take Jacob. Like, my hot takes could get, take a good 15 minutes by themselves. So I'm wondering if we should like save it for tomorrow. We saved it for tomorrow yesterday, Jacob. I want I one that. hot take. One hot take from you right now. I want to okay. hear it. Yeah, You better right. sell me, too. So this is my hot take. I think the Packers as a team are going to eclipse over 50 sacks total as a team. Now, that may sound like a, just an arbitrary number, but, for instance, last year the Packers had 34. The team leader, the pa- the, the team leader last year was Philadelphia had 70. There was only, though, there was a big gap. They had, they had a great year. There was only three teams, though, that had over – 50 that year i believe it was like new england san fran and and someone else um but i think the packers could take that leap to have a 50 plus sack team and and i don't even care where it comes from if you look at rashawn gary any of the other edge defenders some of those interior guys a lot of the blitzing linebackers i think that are we have some some cornerbacks that we'll be sending a lot of guys last year, it just did not. As soon as Rashawn Gary went down, I think the stat is something like when the, in the games that he played, our pressure rate percentage was at like third. And the, 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 after he went off, we catapulted down to like 28% or 28th overall or something like that. So um, I, I just really do think that that's going to be a big, a big improvement from year to year. I guess we could go, we could do a few more. You want to do a couple more? You keep going, then me and Tim will finish it off. That way, if you have to hop off, you can hop off. All right. What's your so next one? My other one, is, and these are bold. These are like 
they're not impossible, but they're very, very unlikely. But right. I, I do almost see. So Musgrave becomes one of the very few tight ends over the last like 25 years to eclipse 750 pass yards in the rookie season. That's up to the likes of guys like Jeremy Shockey, Evan Ingram, uh, Kyle Pitts. If you want to go even back further than that, it's guys like Mike Ditka. Mike Ditka. But Dicka. if you look at every single, every single glimpse into the start of the season shows that they are going to use this guy. He has been number one running with the ones basically since the beginning of training camp, OTAs, preseason game one, week two, week three. They've got the Guara now. I think they released the official. That's probably what we should have done, Clayton. They released the official depth chart yesterday or today. So we haven't even went over that yet. So, I mean, we could we could definitely do that. We, there's a lot of stuff to cover, guys, before actual kickoff. So stay tuned. We have a few more days to cover some stuff. We only get an hour a day. There's a lot, you know, it's like yeah. drinking. It's getting hard to stay under an hour too, man, because it I, is. I get on there and it feels like 15 minutes. So I, I do think that Luke Musgrave again will eclipse 750 yards. It sounds crazy, but look at what's just, look at what's happening week one. We don't have Dobbs. We don't have Watson. Who's arguably the most consistent guy now in the offense is Musgrave and Reed, you know, guys that probably have that, that rapport. He's not doing a lot of very deep stuff. He's just that old, reliable doing crossers, shallow outs, you know, that um, just kind of just being that steady dump off guy, like that little quick intermediate route stuff. I, I love that. I think that's great for what uh, he wants to do. I think that this year, another hot take, two wide receivers are going to eclipse 1,000 yards receiving. Yeah. I don't know exactly who they will be, but I think it could be a Musgrave and a Watson or a Watson and a Dobbs or a Watson and a Reed. I know that that one's probably my most outlandish one because I just think he's going to spread the ball out a lot. But the last time that happened was 2014 when Mr. Randall Cobb had 1287 and Mr. Jordy Nelson had 1519. He had 13 touchdowns and Cobb had 12 touchdowns. Do you want to do one more? Let's do it. All right. The defense. Green Bay Packers defense this year as a total gets 20 interceptions at least now last year you think that's a crazy stat last year the packers were like top five they actually had 17 interceptions the top teams there was only two other ones that had 20 that year it was uh pittsburgh and i believe it was uh either new england or san francisco i think it was san francisco and pittsburgh and then i think new england had 19 so I would like, I think that between the, the talent we have at the, the D-backs, and I'm not saying necessarily we're improving on the safety, but I think that we can get 20. 20 would be a solid number. If we do all of those things, imagine, oh, man. Ooh, what a year. What if we do half of those? One of those, it'd be amazing. So, yeah. All right, let's get some hot takes in the chat here. We got Bot Me says, hot take. <laughs> Love is already a top 10 quarterback. Boom. Love it. Uh, let's see here. Also, hot take, Gary, defensive MVP. We got Carly Ray in the chat says, my hot take, J-Love ends with more rushing yards than Fields. That's actually – I have him as my sleeper quarterback right now. Musgrave and Love and Jaden Reed are sleeper, sleeper, sleepers in, in fantasy football. We've seen Jordan Love can run, and I think that's a great one. Carly's smart. Yeah, I'm telling you, bro. Man, I, I dude, I grew up in a house with with three sisters and a mama. Those women are smart. I'm just telling you. in a house of all women? Oh, dude, yeah. It was just me and my dad. I was the youngest, dude. They beat the hell out of me. You kidding me? Girls are mean. mean. (laughs) 
They are, dude. They are. Um, elevated shine, three sacks a game. It's possible. And then uh, we got another one here. Hot take. Musgrave over 750 receiving yards as a rookie, which almost never happens. Um, That's exactly what goes right with what you were saying, man, for sure. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> My hot take, Eric Sutherland. Praying for the best, preparing for the worst. <laughs> elevated shine. Hot take. Jordan Love in MVP chats by midseason. He won't win, but he will be mentioned. A. That that is a bit of a hot take. Fields but got I think it's vote last year. Fields got yeah, one vote. Yeah, dude. Come on, he we can make this happen <laughs> for sure. Let's see here. Uh, all right, uh, R. Shower says hot take. Dylan with more yards rushing than Jonesy. Okay, all right. And then Carly Ray says make the show ninety minutes. No one minds. We may have to do it, Carly. We may have to do it. We talked a little bit about it, but um, Tim, hot take, man. Tim's the most conservative person I know with his opinions, man. He seems very even keel. I want him to blow this out of the water. I need to know what is your hot take, Tim? You got you, you can say as many as you want, but what's the one if you could only choose one? What's the top one? Well, Jacob kind of stole my thunder, and so did our showers a little bit, but but not really. My mine's mine's simple. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon both rushed for over a thousand yards this year. Ooh, I like it. Which which never happens right so let's uh let's be positive and let's hey let's look at it we got banged up receivers right now going into week one we're gonna run the ball so that's my hot take guys thousand yard season for for thunder and lightning in the backfield we'll shake and bake we'll shake and bake (laughs) shake and bake. Remember you take them. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. Let's see here. All right, we got us a hot take from Mike Sandoval. Hot take. Love will be an MVP candidate when the when they head to the bye week undefeated. Dang. Well, y'all see, you're gonna get my hopes up, guys. Y'all gotta stop this. You have gotta stop this. Let's see here. What else we got? Carly, we can't do it. She said, tell them about quote mad puppy. We can't do it. We can't do it. Uh, it's, it's for another show, another day, another day. We were chatting offline earlier today and uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it'll get out sometime. Um, let's see here. Uh, what is this? Michael mom, Clayton didn't put the toilet seat down. again. <laughs> hey, anybody that comes to my house, any of the guys, and we have a lot of people over, hey, I, I have to give if I go in that bathroom, and there is one drop in the bathroom, bro. We're having us a meeting right now because I'm expecting Betty Irene Bailey to cut the corner and cuff me in the back of the head for somebody peeing on Tulsi. I'm just being honest with you. So, yeah, that didn't happen, my friend. That did not happen. Here's my hot take. You ready? Matt LaFleur finally wins Coach of the Year. You know, one of the things that's kept him from winning Coach of the Year it's because he's had an MVP quarterback, and that's why he couldn't sniff coach of the year. If they come out this year and they somehow make the playoffs after they've replaced an MVP quarterback and they have the youngest team in the entire National Football League, so the hot take aspect comes to what if they win 10 games? Guys, what if they win 11 games? What if somehow they win 12 games? If he doesn't win coach of the year, we're marching on Park Avenue. I'm just going to tell you right now. We're going to NFL headquarters and speaking uh speaking our piece for sure. Let's see here. Uh hot take. Tom Spaulding. I drafted Musgrave as my tight end one in fantasy and love as QB2. That's a hot take. It's not okay. a bad. That's not bad, man. Hey, yeah, I like one above it though, because that's a real hot take. Because it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. 
We're going to wrap this puppy up. Tim, do you got anything else for us? But I think we covered everything we were going to talk about. We talked about the Nick Bosa contract. We talked about the injury report. We got our hot takes in. We took some calls. What do you got, Tim? Parting thoughts, my friend. Thanks, as always, for uh, having me on with you guys, man. I'm happy to be a part of this. Just appreciate talking ball with you. That, that's all I got, man. Great show, guys. Cool. Appreciate you, buddy, always, man. It, I'm telling you, it's a, it's, a, it's a joy to hear your voice, man. I mean that. You're never in a bad mood. You're always up, never down, and uh, it's you always come with uh, with good takes, man. Jacob, you got anything, buddy? No, um, but this is the last night, basically, that you can get a full-on draft in. So if you guys are listening to this and you're like, I need to draft a fantasy football league, either go to DraftKings, do a best ball, go to Drafters, go to Underdog, go to one of those places. Because tomorrow, guys, tomorrow, less than 24 hours away from right now, is NFL football official season kickoff. We'll be watching as the... Kansas City Chiefs are battling the Detroit Lions. We have actual football games that affect us directly. This is divisional playoff, or not divisional playoff, but divisional games going on right now that will affect, you know, the Lions can start 0-1. I'm just saying, let's go, man. Oh, it's really exciting. And here's the thing, too, man. They're, they're probably going to be without Travis Kelsey. Sorry, Carly Ray. I apologize. And they're probably – well, they're, they're, they're most likely going to be without Chris Jones as well, right? So yeah. – and some people go, oh, the Lions should win. If the Lions lose and they're missing – and the Chiefs are missing two of their best players outside of Mahomes, their two best players hands down on offense and defense outside of Mahomes – then I think we can start to start the uh, the uh, the whole chant that we had with the Vikings last year that the Lions might be frauds. Now, right. if the Lions go in there and they beat Mahomes, even without those two guys, it's okay. We gotta you gotta show them a little bit of respect, right? Because you're going into KC. That's the defending Super Bowl champions, right? So, um, I'll I'll end it with this one right here. All right, and it's our boy Elevated Shine, Mr. Prison Mike himself. He said, "Hot take: I might get banned from X Sunday night after the Packers win Sunday." And I start pulling receipts. Hey, <laughs> hey, that. Got a lot of bookmark tweets. I'm just saying, boys, I've got them piled up. Go ahead, Jake. No, I was just going to say, ban Afterlife real quick. We got to watch that Bears fan. No. Oh, really? Yeah. Give them the old one, two, pow. Let's right see here. Yeah, I don't like how he worded it, but, you know, <laughs> he basically said, man, the Packers are going to get beat <laughs> so bad on Sunday. <laughs> That Jordan Love guy sucks. Really? Are you you sure about that? You sure about that? Yeah, you're right, Jacob. They're gonna get in here and troll a little bit. We got with this one. Yeah, let's do it. Roadhouse. Yeah, here. See you, buddy. Nice. Appreciate the click. Appreciate the view. You're gone. All right, we're out of here, guys. We appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Uh, thank you for making us a part of your day. Um, Romero says Green Bay 24, Chicago 14. Put it down. Put it down on the ticker. Like down there on the ticker. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys for your time. For everybody listening on the pod, thank you so much for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go Pack Go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Double tackle, take the defensive end if he's over, and if he's back, you drive down the first man to his inside. Pull back and get him, take the first man outside the offensive tackle. No one shows, go right by him and field his back. If he 
Get a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley. 